Doug Ward served in multiple branches of the military and recently started Anchor Strategies. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. As a veteran entrepreneur, you need a domain name that is easy to remember and accurately reflects your brand or business. Let .us serve you and choose a .us domain to stand out and get the domain name you really want. Reserve your .us domain name and website builder today for just $1 at launchwith.us. Hey, we're talking to Doug Ward from Anchor Strategies, LLC. Doug, before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Marine Corps, the Army, and the Navy. Yeah, Joe. So I started in the Marine Corps in 1987 in January. Ended up getting out in 1991. So I was a radio man. I served with uh, India 312, and then I was with uh, Second Recon Battalion and Comms Platoon. Once I got back from Dust Storm, I got out, was out for a little bit, decided to go back in. And back then, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all the, the job resources that they're out there now. So I went back in the military. I was trying to work in the civilian world, and there just wasn't a lot out there, to be honest with you, especially with a lot of veterans getting, uh, getting out. thought I was going to go to college. Um, kind of got caught up partying a little too much, <laughs> you know, a little lack of maturity there. Um, ended up going in the Army. They said, hey, yeah, you know, well, that was the only service taking prior service, which is funny because when I had joined, uh, I went to Fort Lee to be a parachute rigger and they had a company and it was all prior service. And it was half Marines and half Army, <laughs> all guys trying to come back in. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody was talking about the same thing. Yeah. They're just it was just pretty tough to get a job or, you know, to do uh, some of the things that you wanted to do. Yeah, you know, the, the Marine Corps actually, I'm sure the other services do too, but the Marine Corps actually has prior service recruiters. Like, you're a recruiter and that's your designation. You are you are a prior service recruiter. And not a lot of times they're usually recruiting Marines just to come into the Marine Corps Reserve, but sometimes they end up going back on active duty or active reserve. Right, yeah. So then I ended up switching over to the Navy after a few years. I was out for a little bit doing some law enforcement stuff out in California. And then I ended up going in the Navy uh, pre 9-11, probably early 2001. Mm-hmm. Once I did that, I uh, went back into communications. That's originally what I wanted to do in the Army, but at the time it wasn't open. So when I was in the Navy, I would went and did that, worked my way up. And then eventually, as I was doing that, you know, worked my way up the ranks doing communication, did a lot of time with special operations. Most of all my deployments, except for one, were, were with uh, Navy SEALs. And if I wasn't supporting Navy SEALs, sometimes you'd be supporting Ranger, uh, the Ranger Regiment, uh, some special forces, and then some a lot of different government agencies. Yeah. Hey, so you, you couldn't find it find enough time to actually get into the Air Force and even the Coast Guard before you retired? Well, when I was in California, I was in the Air Force Reserve. You know, I, I kind of didn't mention that. Are you serious? So you've actually, you've actually been in, in all four services? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, I've heard of guys doing that before, but I think you're like the fir- you're definitely the first guy on the podcast that's covered all four. <laughs> uh, and he, here's the thing, Joe. I never planned on it that way. Sure. 
Yeah. It, it just, it just kind of worked itself <laughs> out. I never thought I'd ever wear, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, especially in the Marines, there's no way they'd want to wear bell bottoms. Well, guess what? I eventually wore some bell bottoms for a while there. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, man, you know, that Navy bell bottom denim uniform, you can take the most badass looking dude. You could put Arnold Schwarzenegger in that uniform and he still would not look cool. but you know it's tradition right yep yes it is holy cow all four services that's amazing and you probably did a tour on a coast guard cutter or something too right no (laughs) no everybody laughs about that that's actually department transportation (laughs) right but they do get mobilized and serve under military command and so we still count as the fifth service sometimes and i've I've actually met you know quite a few uh guys in the coast guard they're pretty uh, stand-up guys. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about transition a lot on the show. You've probably transitioned more than anybody. I mean, you not only transitioned from one service to another, but in between services, you probably had gotten out for a little while, at least a couple of those times. And then, you know, in the end, you, you finally retired from the Air Force. So what were your transitions like, or what was your transition like overall? And what were some of the lessons you learned? Yeah. First off, don't make any snap decisions when it comes to your retirement. So I was in the Navy and I retired in 2013, but it was in 2012, probably I want to say the fall, early fall, around October. And I was burning out just, you know, the sheer amount of hours, you know, people deploying all the time. At the time I was troop chief and we just had so much stuff going on, not just running the troop, but doing uh, research and development. We did a lot of research and development also. That was part of our our construct, not just doing the job, but you also do a lot of research and development. So there's a lot that went into that, a lot of hours. And it was just kind of wearing on me. So when I retired, when I dropped my retirement papers, from the time I dropped them to the time I actually had my ceremony, went on terminal leave. Because I, at the time, I think I had 92 days of terminal leave. Mm-hmm or of leave, I should say. So I took those 92 days, 10 days house hunting, 10 days job hunting, and I got a job working for SOCOM, doing a lot of R&D. Took that job, went into contracting because I needed something pretty quick. And I actually had a job lined up in Stuttgart, but it fell through because of sequestration. That put all funding on hold. So the job I dropped my retirement papers for got put on hold which put me in a pinch. So I had to take the job at SOCOM. Yeah. I, I know a guy that was in that exact situation in Stuttgart. He, he, he had gotten out of the Marine Corps and was waiting on the civilian job because of sequestration. It got delayed like a, like a year or more, didn't it? Yeah, it, it was quite a while. Yeah. And by the time it finally came through, people said, hey, you want to take the job in Stuttgart? You know, your name's still number one on the list. I thought, I, I just bought a house. I, you know, I, I didn't want to have to uproot the family again mm-hmm. when we just got in and settled down. Yeah, uproot them one more time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing too, as I as I was talking about that, a lot of guys are getting out, and people are promising contractor jobs or hey, if you give us your resume, we're going to put it against this contract if we get it. That's fine, but find out who also has the contract. The thing you need to think about when you take these contractor jobs and I learned this at SOCOM and at, you know, CENTCOMs there, you have all these different commands. You have a lot of contractors. Yeah. And when the contract runs out, 
and somebody else takes over, what happens a lot of times, the new company that comes in has underbid. Let me say that again. They have underbid. <laughs> lowest bidder, right? Lowest bidder. That means that will affect salaries. So if you think you're getting a pay raise, that usually does not happen. That's not the standard. And I, I think a lot of guys need to understand that. And also, when you, if you do decide to take that contractor job, find out, if, if, say it's a company that already has the contract, how many years do you have left on that contract? How long? Because that's basically giving you an idea of how much security you have for like the next one, two, three, up to five years. Yeah. Now, if a contract turns over to someone else, pay cut aside, how often are you able to move over to the new contractor, slide right over and keep this, keep more or less the same job? Most of the time, the DOD, the government civilians and the military personnel, they would love to see you stay because you're already part of the team. You're just working for one company. So right. if another company comes in, usually they try to have it transitioned within 24 hours where you just transition over to the other company. Like you'll already end process and, and kind of get your stuff together for that company. Okay. So they don't typically come in and like clean house or whatever. No, okay. no, not at all. But what ends up happening is sometimes guys will just decide to bounce, move on just because of the fact that they don't want to take a pay cut. Mm -hmm. And the contractor jobs at times they can be quite lucrative because they're, they, they might be paying you better money and they know, they know you don't need benefits, especially if you're like a retiree. Exactly. So it's good money, but it's come and go. You know, easy come, easy go kind of thing. Correct. Depending on the, the contract situation. Yeah. For example, if you look at a lot of the jobs that are in Iraq and Afghanistan, when you see some of those jobs offered, they're being offered pennies on a dollar for what they were back when the wars were going on because they just couldn't get enough people to, go, to, to be contractors for those mm -hmm. things. Now, some of those guys still try to hang on with those jobs, but they're a lot far and few between. Yeah. And the, and the uh, salaries are going down. Correct. <laughs> Interesting. Although I am amazed at how many of those contractor type jobs are, I mean, some of that stuff is still going. I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, back when Afghanistan and Iraq first started, it was always in the news. And even for several years, it was always in the news. And now it's like hardly ever in the news, but there's still so much going on. And there's exactly. a lot of contractors involved in it. And they don't cover that. <laughs> no, hard, hardly at all. It, it just doesn't make a good story anymore, I suppose. So how long, how long did you stick in the, in the contracting world? And what was going through your mind uh, experiencing the contracts cometh and goeth? And what kind of entrepreneurial spirit started to awaken inside of you? You know, that's a good, oh, wow. I was, I did the contracting for about a year and a half and I'd been approached by some communication companies and the defense department of defense space, you know, uh, manufacturers of equipment mm -hmm. and they'd offer me a position and I kind of thought about it. So we went back and forth and I decided to make the jump. It was a pretty good company. Uh, worked with them quite a bit, uh, what, three and a half years, four years. Really enjoyed my time, did business development, which meant, yes, you're going in and you're knocking on doors, you're making phone calls, get in front of customers, which is former people you served with, <laughs> which that is one thing a defense company loves 
is the individuals that are getting out from the military that have currency. Your currency is, and you know, I hope your listeners are listening. Your currency for a couple of years, you have a shelf life. We used to call it of a you know couple of years, usually five years max of basically bringing your currency and your contacts to get in and open doors and to influence. Yeah. You know, I was talking with a, a couple of veterans last night in a meeting here in Kansas city. And I hadn't heard this term before. The guy referred to, referred to this situation as you're an ice cube. You're, they buy you your full ice cube and you gradually start to melt. And like you said, within, within five years max, you're completely melted and then you're no longer good. Yeah, because your currency is gone. Most of the people that you served with, mm-hmm. especially if they were senior, a lot of them are either retiring or just retired. So a lot of the senior leaders, now you might know some of the people that were junior to you, but there's no guarantee. And I can't tell you how many of my peers, people I knew in the military, I see them on LinkedIn. And that's probably the most common job description I see of most of the close people I served with guys I would consider friends was, uh, you know, working for this company, business development, business development, business development. Yeah. And it's funny you say that a lot of guys do that and you brought up LinkedIn and I really want to put a a thing in about LinkedIn. I'm I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually had it written down in my notes to, to, to bring up. If you're a veteran, you need to get on LinkedIn. you, Get on LinkedIn. If you don't know what you're doing, start reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. Just ask. People will help you. The other thing is, this is a big thing I've noticed. When I actually looked at my LinkedIn network, it was all defense people a while back. And I started scratching my head. And I said, if I'm going to start my own thing and I want to move away from the Department of Defense and move into the general corporate world and small businesses, mm-hmm. going in to help them with their their leadership development. I need to meet people out there. And I I can't do that with Department of Defense people because they're all working for defense contractors. And that's not the angle I wanted to go. That's not the the direction I wanted to go. When you look at LinkedIn, first off, if you connect with somebody, when you hit the connect button on a computer, send a, it has a little option, send personal note, ask, tell them why, why you want to, you want to connect with them. Cause sometimes people won't do that. And you're looking, I'm like, okay, sure. But the civilians definitely send a personal note and start getting engaged in conversations that you see. If somebody adds value, you see a conversation online, somebody in an industry that you're looking to get into, connect with them, send them a personalized note, and also comment on the topic they were discussing. Something that's actually literate, (laughs) that's understandable, and and start interacting with people. You'd be surprised at the the amount of people you're going to meet around the world. Yeah, and first and foremost, you know, rule number one of networking, don't ask for something from somebody the first time you make contact with them. No, never. <laughs> don't try to sell them some. Don't, don't ask them for a job. <laughs> well, no, and th- th- yeah, I've had that too. People hit me up, hey, uh, you know anybody hiring? What? Or, <laughs> you know, now that I've started my own company, hey, you're looking for services? Hey, are you looking for this, that, or the other? So you got to kind of watch that. Some people, though, it's hard for them to actually send you a message if they don't have LinkedIn Premium. That's true. Your network. And I was going to mention LinkedIn Premium. I actually have that, and I have uh, the Sales Navigator. Okay, and highly recommended. 
I highly recommend it. If you're going to go into a business, you're dealing with a lot of civilian companies. You want to be able to use that to, it basically gives you the option. It's like another $20 surcharge. So it comes out to like 80 bucks a month, but you have to look at what are you, how else are, are you doing local business? Are you going to try to target a certain area? Mm -hmm. And what it does is gives you the option to go in job specific. Say you're looking to get in past the gatekeeper of a company, which is usually HR, your human resources. Usually you're not going to get to the CEO or some of those people. A lot of times, unless you know them personally, or you found, you know, you met them at a networking event. So the gatekeepers usually HR, but you meet these, all these different peoples in specific industries. Maybe you're targeting a specific industry and you can actually nugget down to the size of the company. It actually will tell you, you can nail it down via the company size per personnel that are in the company. Awesome. The region, yeah, the region you want. I mean, and you can do it around the world, depending on the type of business you're trying to do. Okay. Well, hey, Doug, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back around, we continue this LinkedIn discussion. So we'll be right back. My goal is to connect veteran entrepreneurs like you with the programs and resources you need to find success. And whether your passion project is a business, a blog, a podcast, finding the right domain name is crucial. In addition to SEO value, it's important that your domain name is easy to remember and reflects you. But it's hard to find one that's the right fit and still available. That's why you need to choose a .us domain. With .us, you can connect the dream you're building with the country you've served. .us domains are short, simple, and memorable. This can help with brand recall and increased traffic. Plus, .us offers an online business toolkit. The toolkit provides a simple three-step process to help you build the perfect site as well as good practices and tips for managing traffic and branding, all while helping you stand out in a crowded digital landscape. Join the list of companies who already register on .us, like zoom.us and mastercard.us. Sign up for your .us domain today to reserve the name you want. I've arranged a special offer to help you get started. Register your .us domain name for just $1 for a full year. Plus, you'll get three months of Weebly Website Builder for free. Let .us help you build your dream. For my special offer, go to launchwith.us. That's launchwith.us. Right, we're back talking with Doug Ward from Anchor Strategies. Doug, before the break, we we're talking about LinkedIn. You were talking about the value of uh, LinkedIn Premium. And what was the other feature that you can add on top of that? That would be Sales Navigator. Sales Navigator. Okay. I hadn't actually heard of that one, but doesn't surprise me. It sounds quite valuable. Are you aware... Um, I know a few years ago, there was a way, if, you're, if you were a veteran, there's a way you could get like a year of LinkedIn premium for free. Do you know anything about that? From what I've seen, it's still, it's still there. Okay. And I'm not sure how you go about applying for it, but. You have to send them a confirmation. You tell them what service you are in. Okay. When you sign up. And if you don't see that option, actually go into their help and just kind of query it and it should pull it up. And they might ask you for some basic information, you know, what service and that. I'm, I'm, I can't remember the specifics on what they asked for. Yeah. So if you're transitioning out or you've already recently gotten out, that's definitely something you need to look into is try to get the free year of LinkedIn premium for free. So that definitely worth doing. So finishing up the, uh, finish up the LinkedIn story, um, eventually, how did you get into, you know, how did you come up with your idea for Anchor Strategies? Well... I've been thinking about making a move from the company I was working with. I wanted to move on. Um, just had some personal stuff going on. The long commute that was definitely wearing down on me. 
you know, when you're in your car over an hour in the morning, you're there all day, then you're fighting, you know, one and a half to two hour traffic, depending on if there's an accident on the road or road construction. I mean, that was three hours uh, in the last company I was with. And it just started wearing down on me. What ended up happening is I'd always thought about starting my own company and doing leadership development. And I was talking to some friends, talking to a, a guy I know that does personal coaching. And he said, what's holding you back? You need to start thinking about what you want to do. So I, I was coming up with the exit plan. And from there, just moved on. Sort of setting up my company, come up with the uh, strategy. Because the big thing is when you're going to do a company, you, know, you got to start working on your pitch. Mm-hmm. And you, you get your elevated pitch, but you also got what's your vision for, for what you want. You know, what's your purpose going to be? What's the impact? Because that, that's what you're going to relay to your customer. So those are the things you have to go and you know, start thinking about. Now, if you're going into like franchising, things like that, where some veterans will get out and maybe go into like franchising or something like that, that's a little different because you kind of know what you're getting into. But when you're starting your own company, you're basically starting from scratch. And that's where LinkedIn comes in because now you want to start replying to posts you want to start engaging with people and it, it starts helping you as the connections go and then people, you know, start following you. Yeah. You're starting with a blank slate, which oftentimes it sounds really cool because you can make it whatever you want, but there's also a whole lot of work to be done. Exactly. We're used to working in a heavily structured environment. We kind of take that structure for granted sometimes. Right. And, and what it, what it provides. And then all of a sudden you find you're out, out, you're just free out in the middle of nowhere. And sometimes you, it's easy to lose your way if you don't seek out guidance and mentoring and, and coaching and other things like that in the business world. Exactly. And I think mentors, like you said, mentorship is pretty important. And there's a lot of people out there, even in the civilian world, there's veterans out there that are running companies right now. There's a guy down in Miami. You know, I've reached out to him. He's like, hey, just hit me up whenever, you know, you want to have a quick talk. There's another guy. Uh, his name's Wally Carmichael. He's actually here in Tampa. He was he, he just got here, I think, a year ago from Hawaii. You know, he's got his own podcast. Um, he's got his own business. I mean, there's a lot of people out there you can ask for help, but they're not going to help you if you don't ask. Worst thing they can say is no, and most of them won't. Yeah, there's nobody more willing to help a struggling veteran entrepreneur than another veteran entrepreneur that's already made it. I mean, once you're out there and you've made it, I mean, there's nothing more satisfying than helping bring someone else along. Exactly. And from the from somebody that's just getting out, that might not be blatantly obvious to you because you're like, well, why would somebody want to help me? You know, help me be successful. Well, when you're way down the road and you're looking for substance and significance in your life, that becomes helping other people. And so, helping others succeed, especially in what you've already succeeded in, is extremely satisfying. I mean, it's, it's great to share the wealth and share the knowledge that you've, you've earned and, and acquired over many years and to, to bring other, especially other veterans, like-minded type folks along with you. Um, so as a transitioning veteran, you have to keep that in mind. You just need to find that, find those people that are, they might be kind of hard to find, but you just have to realize they are there. You got to go hunt them down. So yeah. And the other thing is realize this, there's a lot of services out there now that were never there for veterans. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot of different type of training courses and things to try to help people, maybe certifications, things like that. That's all great. But when you start off on your own, you can get all the certifications. Just remember, 
you got to have the discipline in the sense of you got to get yourself up in the morning. You got to start researching. You got whatever you're trying to do for your company. And if for some reason you're running into a roadblock, because I was running some roadblocks and it, it wasn't, it was basically all self-imposed because I wasn't asking questions. So once you start learning to ask questions, if, if you can't find the answer, don't think, well, oh man, I'm going with, this is what it must be like. If you reach out and ask, some people will point you in the right direction. It'll, it'll help speed things up a little bit. I mean, you're still gonna have headaches. Don't get me wrong. You know, especially setting up a company, you got to set up that, you know, whether it's going to be LLC or depending on the type of company you want to start up, mm-hmm. you know, a whole bunch of hoops and, and things and that you have to deal with. So tell us a little bit specifically about Anchor Strategies. Yeah, basically set up the company to go in. I've been around a lot of work environments, you know, from the military, even in the corporate world where I noticed there was a lack of communication amongst the managers. And maybe, or even in the in the VP ranks, where sometimes there's no not just communication, but there's a lack of recognition of the employees, that type of thing. What I want to do is be able to go in, address the issues. When you look at a lot of companies, if you have a toxic workplace, well, guess what? Toxic workplace leads to people leaving. So you got the symptom of people leaving. You know, you go back. The causes toxic workplace caused by, and the main cause is this. Okay, how do you address that? Is it a bad manager? Was a manager never trained? That's when you go in, you say, hey, I have a five-step program. We can work through this. And basically, also includes the other managers. And this is how we're going to get them to talk. For example, when I was in, in the Navy, I was, you know, I was in the chief ranks. We all got together at least once a week, and we had a lot of discussion and compared notes. And if you, for example, Joe, are having a, an issue, maybe I can help you with that. Hey, Doug, do you think you can talk to this person? Hey, can you help me with this? I have some issues. You play to other people's strengths. That's what, you know, a lot of companies aren't doing. And that's where I come in with my company and we address that and we help them get back to the point where they're profitable. And so are you, are you essentially like a consultant that comes in and Mm -hmm. becomes part of the business for a while to see how things operate? Yeah. I'd be able to start a consultation and then, so much give training and then you break off, you give them the initial. And it's, so when I say, like you're saying, like go there and stay, that could be a, an option to a point, but most of mine, my, my training would be, we could do a leadership seminar. We could do a workshop and then we can scale it up depending on, you know, what the, what the company's budget is, what they really want to do with their people. Say it's a medium sized business. It's got a little bit more of uh, a budget. And we can schedule that where every quarter, they all get together. They work on certain projects. You know, you say you have like 12 managers, you break them into teams, maybe four teams of three. They work on some projects or let me me put it this way. You give them a project by the next quarter you meet up during their off time. And it doesn't take a lot of time, but if they, they were to, to stick with it, they were all to have their project ready at the next one. And then when they get to the next one, it leads into the next phase. And then the next phase. And then a final phase is where there's also some training that goes on with the head of the company. So they understand what you're about to get. Yes, you're going to have managers. You can have managers that are going to present ideas. You know, we've taught them all these different things on how to solicit ideas, how to engage with their employees. And this is what they're going to present to you now. So you're not in the dark and then you don't get caught off guard where things are going south. And have you been able to see this all the way through uh, enough times with success in order you know, to actually get that 
satisfaction of you've actually done what you set out to do and seen the results? Not yet. That's still work. I, I just incorporated two months ago and then I had to wait just a little bit. And I was doing that. That was self-imposed because I was trying to make sure I had everything legally up and up to snuff mm-hmm. before I officially started advertising and, and going to people. I didn't want to, you know, just to make sure to be on the legalese. Right. But I've been in, in uh, some discussions with some companies we're in, and we're going through that right now. Yeah. So getting the first one is always the hardest thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're more, you're more at the beginning stage of this, yeah. but, but yet you, you obviously have the confidence and the wherewithal and the knowledge and experience to know that this is going to work for you. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think I could do it. You yeah. know, now it's a matter of just making it happen and getting out there with the customers and, and doing that. So have you thought about offering up your services for free to get a couple under your belt or a heavy discount or something like that to kind of oh, yeah, test definitely. your, yeah, just, just to get out there, test out, you know, the different theories, mm-hmm. see how some of the different dynamics dynamics work. Okay. I will tell, as far as the public speaking, mm-hmm. and I'm get, probably going to do this a little bit, is uh, Toastmasters. Tell you guys about that. I've heard great things about Toastmasters, yeah. Exactly. I've heard great things, too. Uh, I know some people that have gone through it. They said it was kind of transformational. It's uncomfortable at first, but once you get the hang of it, you're like, you just, after that, you're running. And it's everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. like no matter where you are in the U S or even around the world, it's, it's a world organization and you know, it's like the Rotary club or the, or the Kiwanis club or whatever, but yet the whole fo- emphasis is turning you into a great speaker. And even like an impromptu speaker, like they just call on you during lunch out of nowhere and say, all right, stand up and do speech now. <laughs> um, yep. And they actually have a structured training program and you actually get checked off and certifications. And so it's, it's a, I've heard phenomenal things about Toastmasters. It's been around forever. Yes, it has. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's chapters everywhere. Yeah. So we are getting close to the end of our time. So Doug, I do want to get you, give you the last word. If somebody's interested in reaching out to you or checking out Anchor Strategies, how would they go about doing that? Well, my website's anchorstrategiesllc.com. Okay. But that's mainly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If they want to link up with me and if they have questions or they, they want to start launching off from there, just hit me up on LinkedIn. That's usually the best spot. Okay. Especially, with, you know, guys getting out and they're transitioning. If they have questions, they hit me up on there and I'll try to help point them in to uh, resources. Okay. That sounds great. And since you've done transition uh, many times, um, if you're talking to somebody that's in the military going through a transition right now and they're looking into starting their own business, what kind of advice would you have for them? First off, research everything you want to do. Make sure all your paperwork, but when you leave the military, you don't want any distractions. So if, you, if you're doing any paperwork through the Veterans Administration, make sure all, all your separation paperwork's done. You want to try to have it all that behind you. Now you're going to have to deal with that a little bit when you get out, like register with the, the, the VA, and you should be able to do that when you're on terminal leave. But definitely you want to have all your stuff done prior to your transition so it doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and I've been kind of bad at this, you know, at different points, it's going to be pretty stressful. I highly recommend everyone's in the military. You have physical standards. I don't care if you're just taking a walk every morning, you've got to get out and exercise because it will take a toll on you. I've seen a lot of guys that have retired and they were studs and they got out and 
their health went south really quick. Like, you know, they all yeah. were getting on medications. A lot of things were happening. Mm. I mean, you know, the, the veteran suicide rate we have now, you know, the biggest thing is you don't think it's a weakness to reach out and t- talk to people. I reach out and talk to people all the time on LinkedIn. I call buddies. You know, I've had people calling me, you know, for advice. It doesn't hurt to help people and it doesn't hurt to reach out for help. That's awesome. Great advice, Rick, and, 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 and so true. I think I just called you Rick. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, no worries. I, I had a real great meeting with a guy, an army guy named Rick last night. And I, I was, when you were saying that, I was thinking about some of the stuff he was saying. <laughs> so I apologize, but nah, I'm not no even going to edit that out. I'm going to show that I do to make that mistake once in a while. <laughs> but so, hey, Doug, that's phenomenal advice. Because um, we were actually talking about that last night. We're like, dude, sometimes you just need to call a like-minded veteran even if you didn't serve with that veteran, but you know, like sometimes they might've even been in a different service and sometimes you just need to chat with them and run something past them and they validate what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And you're like, oh, I feel so much better now, you know, it's, and so just reaching out to people and talking with them. And we were talking about that, about that specific thing last night, which is why I was thinking of Rick. And I think some of us forget, we, we don't realize it's happening. We, we forget that we've lost touch with our people, our tribe, you know, when we were in the military and, even guys we knew really well in the military, we never talked to them again, you know? So be the one that reaches out and, cause you know, if you're feeling that way, you know, somebody else is feeling that way too. Oh so, yeah, definitely. So by all means, and it's great advice. Just reach out, get on the phone with them or better yet, if you can meet in person sometime, it's even better. So keeps you grounded. Yeah. You know, it's actually, you know, now that you bring it up, you know, I've thought about maybe doing something LinkedIn in the Tampa area where, you know, like the LinkedIn locals, uh-huh ever see that you know do something like that because you know a lot of guys are going to be separate and say you know and, and put out a thing say you know reach out to mcdill reach out to the, to the national guard guys here you know the marine mm-hmm. you know hey what are you guys looking for you know those are type of things and when that's the other thing on linkedin when they have linkedin live events or somebody does like a linkedin local if you see that go absolutely you never know who you're going to meet yeah go into it with no expectations just go into it with exactly. the expectation of i'm just going to meet exactly. people it became very obvious I was guilty of this when I was chatting with these guys last night because they were introducing me to people in the veteran entrepreneurial scene in Kansas City. And I'm thinking, oh, I know everybody in the veteran entrepreneur. Nope, I don't. <laughs> I mean, there was like five to eight names that of phenomenal people that I really need to meet that are veterans in, in the entrepreneurial scene, very successful people. Never heard their name before. And so don't think that your network where you're at right now is big enough. Your network's never big enough. And, and people have a false, like a false sense of reality of how big the world really is. And you've got to expand your network, especially if you're transitioning, you're trying to drum up new business. Exactly. All right, Doug. Well, I think we're done. So awesome interview. And, uh, normally I say like, you know, these two Marines or Oscar Mike or these two veterans, I was like, so I can't believe you had four services covered, man. That's phenomenal. So I'll just say these two veterans are Oscar Mike and we'll be done. Roger that. You take care, brother. All right, man. Take care. We're out. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>